Are there times you feel your life isn't where you dreamed it would be? Do you wake up and feel like saying, I don't know if this routine is making me happy? Without the freedom to think and direct our own lives, other people do it for us. The point you start to feel off balance is tough. You question your own ability. This podcast will give you fascinating new perspectives, tools and methods from the greatest minds across the world. You'll become part of a global community, meeting people on a journey to invest in themselves first. These perspectives and tools will show you how to unlock your freedom of thought and become the master of your own life. So, let's get started. Welcome to The Shea Show. This is the leading podcast to help you learn incredible new perspectives and become the master of your own life. You can connect with Shay at shay-doran.com. For now, open your mind, be present. It's time to begin a new journey to your self-directed life. You got this. Yes, family. Good morning. Good afternoon. Wherever you're listening from around the world today, sending love to you, sending positive vibes and progression, momentum for November. Welcome to, this is the final episode in our series of find an idea, build it and test it. Test it is part three. It's the final one because then after that is launch. And of course, that's about getting it out there and and scaling up. After today's episode, head back to the start. There is so much content to be able to understand new ideas, to try new methods and tools to test. Have a look through at which topics stand out to you. And in particular, in this three-part series of find, build, test and launch, I would encourage you to really listen right from the start to follow this through. Today, as I mentioned, is all about test. Why do 95% of businesses fail? The huge part, I believe, is around the wrong idea to start with and then testing it in the wrong way. And the wrong idea to start with, we covered that in Find. It's about building something that people actually want, something that solves a pain point, a challenge, a real problem, rather than an imaginary or something that's in your own mind. And the second part, I believe, is about not listening properly when you take a product out to market at test stage. That means taking the initial feedback at face value, thinking, oh, okay, people don't want it. That's it. Better move on to the next thing. So before we get into the session, I'd like to start with something really important. Your product will change. Get comfortable with that. It's absolutely fine. This is about, in test stage, asking brilliant questions. The goal of testing is to learn. It's not to sell. It's to learn. Remember that. It's a really important part. And it was a a big lesson that I learned. It helped me to create a mindset shift rather than put this pressure on myself of when I built a landing page or built an MVP to be able to test thinking it must sell. If I don't go in there and I'm not hearing, yes, I'll buy it, then it's all gone to shit. You know, it is test is not about selling. It's about learning. So how do you know which questions to ask? How do you know what to do with the findings? And where do you even get these test users from? That's exactly what we're going to cover in today's session. 
So if you're ready, grab a pen and paper and let's get straight into this. From the start, so you have the idea, you build it and then you sell it. I have been guilty in the past of having the idea, my idea, not an actual pain point, my own idea, what I thought would be good. That is a wrong starting point. I started from the wrong place there and I realized my mistake now. I built it and then I took it out, heard no and thought, okay, I'll have to move on to the next thing. And it took me honestly a year and a half at least to realize that I was doing two wrong things. The idea, which we covered in the first episode, was my own, what I was trying to push out into the market rather than solving an actual need. And secondly, the questions I was asking when I was taking the product out there were shitty questions. So I was going to get a shitty response, the deluded response. I learned that unless I'm really delivering a silver bullet solution to the market, and by the way, that is possible if you spend time up front really understanding the exact pain points of your customer, it is possible to build something that takes off like wildfire. Of course, it has iterations and improvements and potentially pivots too. But if you truly understand the need, it's possible to deliver something magic. Though it is inevitable that the product will change, as I mentioned, and that is okay. That's good. It's needed. It's too easy to think, no, I better go back to square one or doubt yourself. You know, that's also something I experienced when I was going through this of trying to push something out there that people didn't want or asking shitty questions. It led to a bad place. I felt, why can I not do this? Why am I not capable of building my own thing, creating my own thing? All of that is time wasted. You know, that mindset does not move me forward and it will not move you forward either that sitting around in procrastination or feeling sorry for oneself there's no momentum that comes with that and I was thinking you know what's the point why can't I get this right I'm not good enough and it just spirals from there and you'll be able to if you've experienced this relate to what I'm saying though we have a choice in that moment do we want to focus on the suffering or focus on the outcome Regardless of the product, putting the product aside for now, what is it that you want to create? What is the vision that you have for serving the community that you're part of? How do you want to improve people's lives? How do you want to improve your own life? And as a result of improving your own life, how does that improve others and the world that we live in? You know, so as long as that vision is there, and we spoke about a driving, a guiding force, there's lots of different words for it, but ultimately it is the vision. As long as I have my vision and I can keep going back to that, I will take multiple paths when building a product or when building multiple businesses. But it means that I do not get stuck in that spiral of thinking, why can't I do it? I'm not good enough. How these entrepreneurs are able to do it so much better. If I have an unclear vision, that is the space that I would be in questioning myself. If I have a clear vision, I spend minimal time questioning myself and most time moving forward, no matter the barriers. So when business owners take their product out to market, why many times is the feedback not what is anticipated? And this could be if you're new to business, this could be if you've been in business for 10 years, 20 years, and you sit down with your customers and you hear something that you don't like. And why is that not what's anticipated? Because the simple answer, it isn't anticipated. The mindset 
is going into that thinking that you're going to hear great things. So the most important thing, first of all, is to anticipate. You know, you're not looking for an ego boost. You're looking for truth and opportunities. When I say opportunities, it's about an opportunity to learn from your customer, to learn, have I got the pain point right? Is this something that resonates with them? And if it's not, what is the opportunity for me to learn and make this better, make it more built around their needs? So before we get into the three main reasons why the feedback can be a challenge, I just want to cover that point on anticipation. Go into these sessions balanced, not expecting great things, not expecting horrendous things, but expecting to learn and just listen. So three main reasons why bad feedback can happen. Number one, there is a difference between a client talking about an idea and actually paying for it. Okay, and this will be a reality with a portion of anybody's customer base. You can have all of the interviews that you want of people saying, yeah, this is great. I could see myself using that or I could see myself doing X, Y, Z or adding additional features onto it. It is a whole different reality when you put something in front of a customer and ask them to pay for it. So that's the first thing to accept. There is a a general difference there. Second, that is the audience right? Are you taking this idea out to an audience to test it where it's a loose fit or it's a definite fit? Where are they based? What age bracket are they in? What income bracket are they in? Where are they at in life? What life stage are they at? You know, it's fine at first to be testing with friends and family, but if these are not your definite target audience, they are the wrong people to be testing with when you're ready to put a product or a landing page in front of them. So going back to reasons for unanticipated bad feedback, this can sit squarely in that space that you're simply talking to users who cannot relate because they don't experience enough pain around this in their life. So talking to the right audience is, of course, critical. And it sounds basic, but it's easy to fall into the trap of, I'm going to speak to the the people that it's easier for me to talk to. And that's just human nature, fear of rejection. But you've got to get it in front of the people who are actually in your audience. And the final reason for unanticipated bad feedback is shit questions. The questions that you ask will lead to the answers that you get. What you ask for is what you get. You have a product. If you're putting it in front of people and saying, here's my product that I've been building, or here's my idea, would you buy it? You're going to get shitty answers. People will either get defensive and shut it down because they feel like something's been pushed upon them, or they will say, yeah, I can... I could see myself using that or, yeah, sometimes that's a bit annoying, actually. This kind of thing could be helpful. See the language that I'm using there. I could see myself using that. They are all red sirens, warning bells to say that this person is not interested in your product, okay? And asking bad questions will get bad answers. My recommendation here, so it's about switching away from questions that don't get the results and the outcomes that you're looking for and moving towards using a small set of questions that achieve what you're looking for, guide the customer through so that they are in a position where they ask what the next steps are. You know, when can I be part of this test? When does it go live? When can I purchase it? They 
are the ideal signals that you're looking for because it means that they're ready to buy it and it means that you have found a fit. So in summary, the testing stage often goes wrong too soon because one, you're focused on the wrong idea, own idea, rather than actually getting out into the market, understanding your customer, understanding what their pain points are first and building a solution around that. So that's number one. Number two is targeting the wrong audience and speaking to people that it's easier to speak to rather than getting in front of your actual people. And number three is asking bad questions, bad questions that get shitty answers. So let's now work through how to address each one of these points. It's great, Shay. Thanks for highlighting all of this. Yes, I've realized I'm doing a couple of things wrong, but so what? So what? Now what do I do about this to be able to move forward? Don't worry. Take a breath. This is exactly what the podcast is about. You know, we talk about the pain point, first of all, then we talk about why it's happening, and then we move into what to do about it. So that's the stage that we're on to now. The first question that we spoke about there, focusing on the wrong idea, we answered that in episode one of this series, okay? Finding how to find the right idea. So if you haven't already, head back and listen to that episode because we've covered the answer to that. The second one about finding your right audience, again, was also partly in that episode, but I'm going to cover some tips shortly now. Know where your audience are and be there. Get in front of them. This does not have to mean face-to-face, but that is great. If you can, that's the number one. But be there personally, okay? This does not have to mean, if I'm honest with you, it shouldn't mean at first, building a whole Instagram presence, building a Facebook presence, trying to get a following, building a newsletter and trying to get a following that way. You do not need mass presence to be able to test a product or a service. Five, 10 people is absolutely fine. And you can go out and easily find five or 10 people. So where are your audience? What apps are they using? What meetup groups do they go to? What events are they at? What venues are they in? Are they at the gym? Are they in the supermarket? Are they on the high street? Like use the places around you. Don't make this complicated. I think sometimes it's so easy to look at Uh, Many digital entrepreneurs online who have been successful and are promoting things like creating a newsletter, creating an online course, creating a digital product or service. And I agree with all of that. But honestly, I feel like it's at a point when you're ready to do that. And the first stage of launching before that, testing a concept, you do not need a social media presence. You do not need a newsletter with a huge following. Use what is around you. Where are your customers spending time and go there? Yes, okay, it might feel a bit awkward standing in the supermarket asking to speak to some people when they come out. It's an ego thing, okay? Get over that. If you want to speak to your customers and get to know them quickly, accept that that's going to take a bit of uncomfortability and just go with it. If they're in the gym, go and speak to them in the gym. Of course, you want to find the appropriate place to stand to be able to do that but as long as you're not putting pressure on people and just asking them if they have five minutes and it's totally cool if they don't it's a chat and that's all it is okay so don't overcomplicate this think about where people are and go and find them in that place and then 
The third point, asking the right questions. How to ask questions that make people want to help you, that allow them to open up and share what they truly think about a product. Honestly, my advice here is to go and read a book called The Mum Test. This is a really fast read book and it is so easy to implement. And honestly, I think it's one of the best things that I have found so far of just being able to quickly shift into a mindset of understanding the right questions to ask and moving away from crappy questions that I used to ask previously. What do you think? Would you buy it? So the mum test is by a guy called Rob Fitzpatrick, who's linked really closely to Y Combinator. So he's come from a credible space. I would recommend that. The biggest takeaway that I learned from Rob was to be vulnerable. When I'm reaching out to people and asking the questions, I'm trying to improve healthcare for gay and bisexual men. I've only ever experienced it from a UK healthcare system perspective before, and I'm finding it difficult to understand how all of this works in Madrid, let's say, for example. I've seen that you have a background in healthcare industry, and you're also the founder of X company. You could really help me cut through the noise. Do you have 15 minutes next week so we can chat? That's it, okay? If you're doing this via email or via LinkedIn or wherever it may be, the intro can be as simple as that. If you're in the supermarket, it's exactly the same. This Another point that I learned from Rob, let go of the formality. This is a conversation. This is not arranging specific meeting times and interview questions and a structured format because that creates a false atmosphere. People feel like on a defensive mode if they're answering questions in that kind of environment. So you want to be asking people questions naturally, and it just seems like a conversation. Same thing, if I was in the supermarket, let's say I was testing a a non-alcoholic beer product. I wanted to take a non-alcoholic beer product to market. Where would I go and stand? In the non-alcoholic beer section. And I would see the people who are buying it. I would say... Hi, I'm looking at making non-alcoholic beer even more accessible for people. I've seen that there's these brands here in the supermarket, but I'm having a a hard time understanding if this is enough, if it is what people actually want. And I want to make sure that I'm building something that's helpful for people. I've seen that you're in the supermarket and you're buying non-alcoholic beer. So I think that you'd be able to help me understand this better. Is it okay if we have a quick five minute chat now and so I can just understand what it is that you're looking for. It's as simple as that. Okay, you're going to get some people that say, no, thank you. Who's this weird person? Most people are going to say, of course, and give you five minutes of their time. Okay, so the quality of your questions will lead to the quality of your outcomes. Go and read the mum test and you'll learn that lesson very quickly within a few hours. Final point to touch on, we spoke about how many people to speak to, okay? And this can be, again, a stalling point, a huge stalling point for many business owners. Do I speak to 20 people, 30, 50, 100? How many people do I need to speak to to be able to validate that I've achieved product market fit? 10 to 15 people. Honestly, think of this like a funnel. 10 to 15 would be those quick 15-minute chats in the supermarket, just going back to that example. Supermarket chats, let's call it that. Fast, understanding the problem, understanding the opportunity of where you can serve your customer. Then you'd move on to five to eight 
So this is in-depth, okay? and it's fine to use the same set of customers from that 10 to 15, or if you want to go and find some new ones, that's totally cool as well. But five to eight maximum, maximum people that you're then putting a concept. Remember on the last episode, we spoke about having a minimum viable concept that you're putting a concept in front of. And this would be a bit more in-depth, 30 minute perhaps discussions where you're able to show them a product. And again, this is learning. This is not selling, this is learning. And then the final stage after you've iterated from those learnings, three to five maximum people who are directly in your target audience, you show them what you have and you let them lead. If it is something that is truly serving them, that takes away their pain points, that solve their needs, they will guide you. They will ask what are the next steps. They will ask, how can I be a part of this? Perhaps they will even ask you, can I buy it right now? We're ready for this. And how do you meet with those people? Ideally in person, that is number one. Okay, over Zoom, if you have two, is number two. The last resort would be exchanging via email. I would really not recommend that. And even the Zoom, you know, it adds a layer of formality to it. You have to have a specific time. It makes it a bit more formal. You know what I mean, compared to if it's an in-person chat. So in-person, definitely number one. If you can't do that, Zoom number two. And you will find from these funnel conversations, the 10 people, the five people, then the three people, the same questions start to come up, the same challenges, and it becomes easy to iterate and fast. You know, there should not be any long, months-long iterations. It should be fast iteration and taking it back out. And if they do not want to buy it at that stage, if you're still hearing that feedback of, yeah, you know, it could work for me or seems a bit too expensive. That's okay, because this happens as well. There's two reasons. Either it is genuinely not a big enough pain point for them, okay? And it's something that may have come up in the feedback as this frustrates me, this really bugs me. But when it comes down to paying for it, it's not actually taking up as much of a concern in their life to be able to want to pay for it. So that's one thing. That's one reason why it can happen. And once you have iterated and you're taking it back out to your specific definite audience, if you're still hearing no at that point, it's okay. Back to the pain point, get back to what you learned originally and just take some reflection time to look at your product and think, is this based on your product or service? Is it based on the actual pain points? Am I really solving what the people told me was a genuine challenge for them? Okay, and the answer will be yes or no to that question. If it's not, iterate. If yes is the answer, then it probably means something else is happening, which is when the rubber meets the road, when it comes down to it, this is not a big enough pain point in somebody's life to want to pay for it. You know, it's one thing me saying, yeah, this drives me crazy. Oh, it's the most annoying thing every single day. And it's a something separate when I have a product put in front of me and I make a decision on whether to buy it or not. And that's when the truth comes through about how much of a pain point is this or is it not really in my life. And it's okay to then move on. You know, if you've built something, minimum viable concept, you've tested it, you've gone through those stages, taken out and it's actually not really what people want, move on to the next thing. Don't spend time in that spiral space Keep focused on your vision, your purpose. Why are you doing this? What is it that you want to build for your future? How can you serve people? 
and go and serve them. So that brings us to the end of today. Homework for this final week for the end of test. Line up a set of three to five key questions. Good questions. Not actually, no, scrap that word good. Incredible questions when you're going out and speaking to your definite audience. And you can get those questions from the book, The Mum Test. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, approach your users where they are. Go and find them. Make it easy for yourself. Get into the places in person, ideally, where they are already at and have a chat. There's no formality, just having a chat with them. And the final step is when you're testing, follow that funnel 10, 5, 3, learn rapidly, iterate rapidly, and just get it back in front of the people who you know are the right audience for it. And then at the end of all of that, it's time to move forward or it's time to move on to the next thing. So that is it. That completes our three-part series of finding an idea, building it, and testing it. I mentioned launch was the final one and you know it's the right time to launch when you're at the stage where people are saying to you, how can I get this? Can I buy it now? How can I be a part of this? That is when it is time to launch. Okay, business owners, have an incredible November. I hope to have a couple of guests that I'll be bringing your way soon that I'm really excited to share their wisdom and their journey with you. So stay tuned for that. As always, thank you for being on this journey. Recently, it's been episode number 50 with over 1,500 downloads. We're now across, I think it's 38 countries around the world now, which just fills me with so much gratitude. So thank you for listening. I love you all. Let's go and smash November. Go to shay-doran.com to connect with Shay and find out more about becoming a Group X member.